0: Before we get down to gut healing business, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by my new Crohn's and Colitis article series from the desk of Gut Love. This is a brand new endeavor for our Gut Love community and it's my way of taking what we're doing here on the podcast, exploring all the gut healing options and lifting up moms with IBD in ways that are let's face it, lacking from what we typically get from our doctors, but taking the spirit of the show into a new format. The written word with lots more helpful information and lots of gut healing recipes. The, the recipe part, it's a huge piece of this. It's something I always wanted to share with you, but it's tough to do that through this podcast medium. And over the years of my eating for IBD, I've created and cultivated gajillions, yep, that's the technical word, gajillions of recipes. And this article series will be a great way for me to share them with you. Plus, I'll also be highlighting well-known gut healing recipe developers there as well. From the Desk of Gut Love articles, it is 100% IBD-centered. For example, this week's topic is how to find the gut healthiest nut butters in a sea of grocery store options. And included in the article are two gut healing and delish nut butter recipes that I know you're going to love. So it's real world IBD questions that we all have mixed with recipes galore, something for everyone in a format you can digest when it's convenient for you. Articles will come out every other week and if you want to know when they are released for all the eye-opening gut healing info, as well as the gut healing recipes, you have got to be a Gut Love Community member because that's how you'll hear about every new article first. So, so far in the series, there's two articles that have been released. The first one was titled, tomatoes, yes or no. Tomatoes are a big topic of conversation for those of us with C and C, Crohn's and colitis, and this article helps you decide if tomatoes are something you can include in your diet. The answer might surprise you if you thought tomatoes were a no for you before, and it also features a raw and cooked version of my chicken salad stuffed tomatoes. I already mentioned to you the second article. This one just came out. It is titled, Which Nut Butter Should I Choose? And this one is action packed with everything you ever want to know about the healthiest nut butters for your gut health. And of course it also has those nut butter gut healing recipes for you to check out. If you want to see what this series is all about, if you want to decide if this format is something that you like as an additional IBD resource, you can check out the article tomatoes yes or no at karenhaley.com forward slash tomatoes easy peasy or you can also check out the latest nut butter article at karenhaley.com forward slash nut butter remember that karen is spelled with a y so it's k-a-r-y-n-h-a-l-e-y and of course i will leave links In the show notes for both of these articles, karenhaley.com forward slash 79 is the link for the show notes for this episode. But I just wanted you to have the direct link as well. If you like getting your IBD information when it's convenient for you, if you like reading whenever you're in the carpool pickup line, when you're at the doctor's office, or even if you're on the toilet, if you like adding gut healing recipes to your stash, from the desk of gut love articles it's gonna be for you my friend and remember if you join us in the gut love community you'll never miss when a new article comes out there's a link to join the community right in the article okay on with the show hey dear one how are you feeling today it's karen haley with you and i really from the bottom of my heart i hope that you're doing well but if not i want you to know that i'm sending you love and light and good health good gut healing vibes today and always because i know it is tricky with this illness and sometimes we just have down days I've got my aromatherapy candle sitting right next to me. It's called Stress Relief. Yeah, there's a candle called Stress Relief. And it's got eucalyptus and spearmint in it. It's definitely giving me some stress relief that I deeply need today. So with that and a deep breath, join me if you want. Here we go with the episode. All right, I want to start by telling you that this is really what prompted this episode. One of my favorite parts of having a podcast is that I get to connect with you. I love hearing your courageous stories. I love getting your questions. You know, I don't always have the answer, of course I don't, but when it comes to Crohn's and colitis, I'm like a basset hound the nose to the ground, researching, tracking information down. And I will not stop until I find answers for you because that is what we're so lacking. I feel like I just, we just need answers. So that's me. I am the answer getter. So keep those thoughts and ideas coming my way because I absolutely love it. Now, lately, I've had a lot of questions about whether or not it's okay to skip the yogurt on the SCD diet. More and more CNCers are finding that dairy just doesn't work for them in the form of SCD yogurt or that 24-hour fermented yogurt, but they know how important all the bacterial benefits of the yogurt are. So the question I'm getting lately is, Karen, is there a way I can get bacterial benefits even if I don't do the fermented homemade Yogurt, And the answer is a resounding yes, absolutely yes. There are other ways to get your beneficial bacteria, those gut bugs, other than the traditional fermented yogurt. Now, before we get into what those ways are, I just want to say a few important reminders about these gut bugs, the beneficial bacteria and the ways we get them. You might know this already, but it's always good as a reminder. And if you're new to the world of filling your body with beneficial bacteria, these quick little hits will give you a better understanding of the hows and the whys of gut bacteria. So I want to mention number one to you. Number one is that you don't need to be on the SCD to benefit from good bacteria. This conversation we're having today, it's not just an SCD, specific carbohydrate diet. I should make that clear. I'm not sure I said that from the beginning. Specific carbohydrate diet. It's not an SCD conversation. This is a conversation for all of us with Crohn's and colitis. We need to be having this conversation. Most people with gut challenges, they will benefit from some form of fermented foods, supplements, yogurt, etc. Some Form of good bacteria. And if you're saying, well, I'm that girl who doesn't benefit because I tried it, it didn't work for me, I want you to know that I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Some people, and especially IBDers, can really struggle introducing beneficial bacteria. It can really whack out your system, really scientific, right? But it can really just whack out your system. And there's a myriad of reasons why this might happen. Undiagnosed infections, severe gut dysbiosis, food sensitivities, even hormonal challenges. There's just way too many causes for me to even mention here. But just know that it is completely normal to struggle with the introduction of beneficial bacteria. And this is why when you incorporate bacterial balancing food and supplements, it's always a good idea to work with somebody, if you're struggling with it, work with somebody who knows about the nuances of the microbiome so that they can help you figure out the best way forward for you. And even if you initially struggle with proper care, with the right team around you, I truly believe it can work out for you. So don't give up, just get help. I also want to mention another thing. Number two, even if you are sensitive to dairy, you may still tolerate the SCD style yogurt, the 24-hour fermented yogurt. See, most people skip the yogurt initially because they know that they don't tolerate cow's milk. And it's okay to skip it. It really truly is. You'll find out today that of course it's okay. There's lots of other ways to get it. It's okay to skip it. Maybe you, just the fact that dairy is inflammatory. Maybe you don't like that. Or maybe it's the fact that it's not 100% lactose free. Or it's that you just don't even like yogurt. You just don't like the texture, the taste of yogurt. But here's the thing about SCD type yogurt, that 24 hour yogurt. It's virtually lactose-free. So even if you don't tolerate straight cow's milk, you may tolerate this type of yogurt. Some even try it with goat's milk or sheep's milk. Those are both dairy options and they tolerate it just fine. There's lots of options here. The fermentation process of 24-hour yogurt, unlike the eight-hour, that most yogurts in your grocery store are getting, it allows it to add beneficial bacteria while at the same time eating away at the milk sugar, that lactose. So by the time it's done, most of the lactose is gone. Now. I do wanna say that it's important for me to mention here that there are two parts of dairy that tend to be the problem for us. There's the lactose we just talked about, the milk sugar, but there's also casein, and that's the protein found in milk. And like I said, the lactose, it's virtually nil, but casein, if you're sensitive to casein, that is still present in the 24-hour dairy yogurt. So staying away from all yogurt especially the dairy yogurt, it really makes sense if you are sensitive to casein. But if it's lactose you're worried about, you might still want to give it a try. And of course, like we're gonna talk about today, there's other non-dairy ways to get your gut bugs in, so it's no sweat. But I just wanted to throw that out there just to make sure that you're staying away from the traditional yogurt for the right reasons. I also wanna mention number three, the non-dairy method you choose, it should always be based on your symptoms because some work better for some symptoms than others. As we talk about the non-dairy methods today, I'll be sharing with you who they tend to work best for with regard to if diarrhea is your chief complaint or if constipation is a big issue for you. And also, I will give you ideas about which ones are better if you are already in remission, if you have done a little bit of work, maybe towards remission, or if you're in a full-blown flare-up. I'll give you all the details so that you can decide which one is best for you. And then I wanna mention one last thing before we get into it. Number four, whatever method of fermenting the bacterial balancing, whatever method you choose, always, always, always start low and slow. If you know me, you've heard me say this before. Bacterial balancing, it's like walking on a tightrope. It's a really tricky business. I have seen so many fail on this path or give up too easily because they just didn't go slow enough. I really, I just can't stress it enough. We are not like everyone else who takes probiotic supplements, right? It's, it's everybody does it, right? You don't have to have IBD to take a probiotic. Or people that eat fermented foods that have healthy guts, or even IBS, we're different from those people because our guts are more sensitive and we have more gut dysbiosis. So when we introduce any of the non-dairy options that I mentioned today, go slow, 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 like tortoise slow. Okay. I, I, I can't stress this enough. I have to say it one more time. I have clients who start with just a tiny drop on their tongue And they stay there until they're ready to progress, to move forward. It can be done, but don't rush it. Okay. With that said, those few things said, let's dive in with five non-dairy ways to get your gut bacteria back in balance. We'll start with the way that is most similar to your 24 hour fermented yogurt method, and then we'll work our way out from there. So number one, is non-dairy yogurt. Five to 10 years ago, no one was talking about non-dairy yogurt. We heard about yogurt with all its beneficial bacteria, but it was made from dairy options like cow, or maybe if you could find it, sheep or goat milk. Today, almond milk, coconut milk, soy milk yogurt, it's everywhere. Now, I don't recommend the store-bought options because Mostly because they don't have a long enough fermentation time. And then they also have these added ingredients, which are usually, let's face it, pretty crappy. And don't even get me started. I know I mentioned soy just to let you know it's out there, but don't even get me started on the reasons why I'm not a fan of soy yogurt. And that's a topic for another episode. But the good news is that you can make your own non-dairy yogurt using nut milks at home. The process is actually it's very similar to how you make dairy yogurt. And if you've never done it before, it's really quick and you can pick it up relatively easily. Actually, it's kind of like riding a bike. You won't forget it once you have it. Personally, when we're talking non-dairy yogurt as your beneficial gut bacteria option, I've had the most success for me with coconut milk yogurt. Almond milk, cashew milk yogurt, those are more of a delicate process and I I just don't have the patience for them, but go with whatever works for you because they're all great. If you're interested in trying out homemade coconut milk yogurt as your non-dairy beneficial bacteria, I have got you covered with my SCD yogurt recipe collection. If you go to karenhaley.com forward slash yogurt, remember that's Karen with a Y, cause my mom had to be a little different. You can download the recipes and the coconut milk yogurt. It's featured there with your step-by-step guide to make your own at home, And you can either make it in a yogurt maker, there's a recipe for that, as well as one for your Instant Pot. And it's also got a fabulous FAQ section to answer all your yogurt making questions to help you get started. I think every FAQ, every question that I've ever heard from someone about yogurt is in there. So you're gonna love that too. I will leave a link, of course, in the show notes if you prefer to get it there. If you're driving or you can't write it down, though, you can just go directly to KarenHaley.com forward slash yogurt to get those recipes. Okay. And that's the non-dairy gut balancing bacteria idea number one. Now this one works best if your main symptom or complaint is diarrhea or even if you go back and forth between diarrhea and constipation, I also really like the non-dairy yogurt option. It can be used in remission as well to help you keep the gut bugs balanced and happy or during a flare up to quiet the gut dysbiosis that you might be having. Just remember that this is not a let's go crazy, make it and then start with two cups a day kind of thing. It's a low and slow process, especially if you are in a flare up or you're having any gastro symptoms. Okay, let's move on and talk about number two on our list of non-dairy bacterial gut balancers, and that is taking a probiotic. This is an easy option, right? No yogurt to make. You don't have to spend tons of time in the kitchen. You can even get it in capsule form. So it's really your easiest and simplest, your most convenient non-dairy bacterial balancing option. The only challenge with getting your gut bugs and your probiotics that way is that the selection of probiotics, I'm sure you've seen it in the drugstore, it's vast, it's huge, and I have to tell you it is mostly crud. It is mostly bad ingredients and companies will easily take advantage of you with a worthless product that just does you no good. You're just, maybe it's $8.99 a bottle, but that's an $8.99 that you've wasted because it's not doing you any good. Now, I also want to mention when we're talking about probiotic supplements here, because we're going to get specific, there are three different types of probiotics. There's the spore type of probiotic. There's the type called Saccharomyces boulardii. But today, we're going to focus on the most widely used type, the lactobifido strain of probiotics. Okay, so for the lactobifido probiotics, always look at the added ingredients. Look at your ingredient list because there are so many fillers added, there's junk in many of these brands, and also, even more importantly, it might contain dairy. Yeah, sometimes they add dairy in. So there are some brands that have dairy as an ingredient, and then, of course, what you're doing is completely defeating the purpose of your desire to be non-dairy. So look at the ingredients, that's important. Also buy from companies who participate in what's called random batch testing and also from pharmaceutical grade probiotic manufacturers. Usually the best places to find these types of probiotics is online. Also, when it comes to a lactobifido strain, buy a multi-strain probiotic. And yes, I know that this goes directly against, if you're familiar with the specific carbohydrate diet protocol, it goes directly against that. And I also have to tell you in full disclosure, when I was first starting SCD, I only took the SCD legal probiotics for my first two years on the diet. But the research is pretty clear now. Multi-strain are best for gut dysbiosis, even cooler, we've advanced even further now is that there is research going on with specific targeting strains of probiotics for your symptoms and for IBD so, and even other ailments. So it's really cool how advanced we're getting in the probiotic field. But if you're just getting started, buy one with a wide variety of bacterial strains. Again, unless you're following the SCD to a T, which I completely get, and then it's acidophilus, acidophilus, wow, could I say that? Acidophilus bacteria for you all the way if you're SCD compliant and you're doing it really strictly. remember fanatical adherence, then go for it with the acidophilus. Okay, I wanna mention one more thing. When it comes to IBD and probiotics, go big or go home. Most store-bought probiotics contain one, two, maybe three billion CFUs. That's those colony-forming units of bacteria. They're haven't been many studies on probiotics specifically for those of us with IBD. But those studies that have been conducted usually recommend probiotics like those high dose probiotics like Visbiome, ones with very high CFU counts like 112 billion, 450 billion, 900 billion CFUs. It's a big difference from that drugstore brand, right? Now, not everyone needs to be that high, but in general, and remember, everyone is an individual here. So always check with your doctor on your probiotic needs first, but it's a good idea to start low, start in the low CFU range, and then bump up slowly. Just like with your yogurt, you're going to bump up slowly. Go as high as you need to, to find symptom relief. And it could get high. It could get up there into the visbiome range. I want to mention one last thing while we're talking about VisBiome that it comes in capsule form. It also comes in the sachet packets. And if you do end up with VisBiome, I highly recommend that you get the sachets because you can mix it with water. You can mix it with unsweetened applesauce. You could even mix it with your non-dairy yogurt. You can do that and it is a better option because of the better absorption factor rather than swallowing a pill. One last thing I'll say about the debate about whether getting your bacterial strains in probiotic form, there's a lot of debate about whether it's worth it since stomach acid might kill the bacteria before it even gets to your gut. There's also talk about since it's not food grade, it doesn't work. There's also a debate on how you store it. Should it be in the fridge? Are there brands that say room temperature? And can you, can you do that? Can you actually keep it at room temperature? Can you take it with food? Should you take it without food? But the bottom line for me is here with the probiotic supplementation, if it helps you, go for it. I take a probiotic and I eat probiotic-rich foods. They both help me in different ways, so I do both. Okay, let's move on from the probiotic supplement and talk about non-dairy, form number three. So we talked about non-dairy yogurt. We talked about supplementing with probiotics. Let's move on to one of my absolute favorite ways to get your non-dairy gut healthy bacteria in your body. And that is through sauerkraut. It is one of the world's best non-dairy fermented foods. Now, I have to mention this because maybe you're like I used to be. Maybe you're thinking sauerkraut. Oh, just even the name. Uh, oh, yuck, it's smelly. Maybe your parents made you eat it. Or maybe it's just, it just sounds kind of gross to you. But I encourage you to take a second look because sauerkraut, it's just like, at least for me, it's like Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts that are actually delish when you give them a second look as an adult. Sauerkraut, it can be made at home with, it it comes from cabbage, right? It's just fermented cabbage. So it can be made at home with your own cabbage, but I prefer to buy mine. There's just so many homemade things that I do for my gut health. And I spend so much time in the kitchen that if there's something I can buy, which is a rarity for those of us on SCD, right? I will always buy it if I possibly can. But if you want to make your own, I say go for it. (laughs) Go for it. More power to you. I have made it. Actually, I have made it home before a few times and it was really I have to say it wasn't much work at all. It's just important to make sure when you make your own. One of the tips I'll give you is that. You want to make sure that it's really tightly packed down and that mold isn't growing on top of your cabbage as it ferments. You can always remove that part at the top. A lot of recipes will tell you to just remove it, but it's best to just not have it there in the first place. That's the only tricky thing. But after that, it's really not that challenging. If you do choose, though, to buy yours at the grocery store, It's important to know that not all sauerkraut is created equal and not all sauerkraut even has probiotics in it. So you want to choose wisely here. And the way to do that is to look for brands that say live cultures or probiotic on the label, because this will ensure you are getting the benefit you're looking for. Your sauerkraut, it should also be found in the refrigerator section of your grocery store. So not in the canned foods aisle. That's a dead giveaway. That is a dead giveaway that there is no bacterial benefit there because it's not in the refrigerator section. When you get there, when you're in the refrigerator section and you're looking at your sauerkraut, look for a type that is packaged either in a glass jar or in a bag, so never in a can. It's helpful also to read the ingredients too, because you want to make sure that sauerkraut is the first ingredient, or cabbage, you might say cabbage. It is okay though if there's some spices, some salt in there as well, but vinegar, now vinegar is a no-no. You don't want to see that because it means that the product has been pasteurized and preserved to increase its shelf life. All right, I do want to tell you that There are some brands I absolutely love when it comes to sauerkraut. So you can just look for these brands that could make it easier. I like Bubbies. Oh, such a fan of Bubbies. I like Bubbies. And I also really like Eden Foods, though that sauerkraut, both of those come in a glass jar. There's another brand that I buy occasionally. It's called Farmhouse Culture. That one you'll find in a bag, but it's still, it's in the refrigerated section. The best way to take your sauerkraut though, is when you get it home, is to eat it raw. And you don't need a lot to get great benefits. Even just a couple spoonfuls a day is great, really. You don't need a lot of it. But the reason that you don't want to heat it up, the reason you want to have it raw is because when you heat it, it kills off the beneficial bacteria. And that's the whole reason that you're eating it in the first place. Now, because The best way to eat sauerkraut is raw, and raw can cause some troubles, right? It can be a little troublesome on an inflamed belly. I always recommend staying away from this option if you're in a flare-up. It likely, it won't likely make the flare up worse, but it will make you feel worse with die off symptoms, which are, those are really just the toxins releasing from the body, which will then result in symptoms of everything from brain fog, to skin rashes, to gut disturbances. So instead, Stick with the non-dairy yogurt or the probiotic supplement if you're, you know, kind of dealing with a flare right now. So you might be wondering, when is it a good idea to choose sauerkraut over non-dairy yogurt? This non-dairy probiotic option, it's great for those with constipation. It's also a great option when a little bit of healing has taken place or You can also use sauerkraut to help you maintain gut balance when you're in remission. If you're having a nasty flare and you're having lots of diarrhea, but you still wanna choose sauerkraut as your probiotic of choice, I highly encourage you to start with just the sauerkraut juice really just a small amount, maybe even just a half a teaspoon to start. So very small. You can even put that half a teaspoon in a full glass of water to dilute it. If you need to, then you'll just start slowly working your way up, lessening the water, increasing the kraut juice until eventually you're ready for the real deal. The sauerkraut it can work there is no one answer here it's about experimenting with all the options i'm giving you today so that you can help decide which one is best for you all right we've come to number four on our list of non-dairy bacterial balancing options and this one is kefir now i know some people call it kefir i always just say kefir so we're gonna go with that it's the same thing Kefir, kefir I'm going with kefir for today. If you've seen kefir in the grocery store, you're probably seeing dairy kefir. Even if you're lucky enough to find non-dairy kefir, I highly recommend that you make your own at home. Like the non-dairy yogurt options in the grocery store, it's just not fermented long enough. And it has added ingredients that we don't do well with so it can make us feel really sick after consuming it but when kefir is made at home you control everything that goes in and you make sure it ferments long enough kefir is one of those non-dairy ferments that can be challenging for some due to its potency. It's really potent in its bacterial properties. The die-off reaction, it can be much stronger. So if you really are in the throes of a flare, I would start with one of the early idea, earlier ideas that I mentioned, preferably the yogurt or the probiotic supplements. Your non-dairy kefir options are a kefir made from coconut water or actually you can even just make kefir from just plain water. You will need kefir grains to get you started. Think of kefir grains as your starter. It's a culture of bacteria and yeasts that help the coconut water or the plain water ferment and grow the beneficial bacteria. One side note that's worth mentioning here about kefir I'm talking to my scd here, coconut water kefir, it's not SCD legal since it contains water made from the young coconut, kind of like how we always want to choose the more mature or the brown bananas on SCD because they contain less starch, the state of the food is just as important as the food itself. So whether you choose your coconut water or your plain water kefir, as long as you have your kefir grains, as long as you have a good recipe, it really is not hard to make. It's like any of the non-dairy fermented recipes we're talking about today. Once you have that recipe, once you've practiced it a time or two, you'll have the formula for life. I'll leave links to my favorite kefir grains, as well as links to the coconut water and the water kefir recipes in the show notes so that you can get started experimenting with this bountiful bacteria beverage. Oh, I surprised myself even. That was pretty good alliteration, wasn't it? Okay, so I will leave those links for you in the show notes. Let's move on and talk about the last non-dairy bacterial balancing idea. The last one we're gonna talk about today, and it is a more advanced method. It's for when you've moved through all the previous non-dairy methods, and you're ready to kick bacterial balance and fermentation into high gear. And that last idea is lacto-fermented veggies. Your pickles, carrots, green beans, cauliflower, garlic, honestly, so many veggies can be lacto-fermented to give them more gut healing bacteria and more gut love for your body. Because this type of veggie, because it's raw, it's packed with a bacterial punch, it's important to make sure you're ready before you dive in. But when you're there, my friend, definitely start experimenting at home because again, it's easy, it's fun, it is so worth it for your continued gut health. So you might be thinking, is this different from the fermented yogurt, the fermented sauerkraut that we talked about earlier? Nope, not at its core, not really. The process is absolutely similar. Here, we're just kicking it up a notch with veggies that aren't as easy to digest. So it's definitely best for when your gut has healed enough to really take in the health of these health foods. With lacto-fermented veggies, a lot of recipes, they use whey as their fermentation starter. Well, if you know anything about whey, you know that it's not dairy-free. Whey is the liquidy byproduct of milk, yogurt, cheese, all the dairy products. If you've ever bought commercial yogurt at the store and you open the container to find a milky liquid floating at the top, that's whey. Really healthy if you tolerate it, full of protein, but not dairy-free. But there are lacto-fermented veggie recipes that don't use whey at all. Instead, they add completely dairy-free, salty brine to the veggies. And over the course of a few days, the veggies grow beneficial bacteria strains, just as they would if you used bacteria-rich but dairy-friendly whey. You see, all vegetables contain lactic acid bacteria. And when we add brine to the veggies, we create a salty, acidic environment. It's strong enough to kill the bad bacteria, but weak enough to keep the good. So it's just really simple, yet it's so cool at the same time. If you are dying to get started with your salty brine and veggies to create some gut love in your belly, I've got you covered. I will leave links in the show notes to my favorite lacto-fermented veggie recipe sites so that you can get started. Okay, my friend, how are you feeling now? Maybe before this episode you were thinking, I'll never find a good quality non-dairy way to feed my good bacteria, my gut bugs, to make my gut healthy and strong. Or maybe you already consume fermented dairy, but you're just looking for a way to branch out and to try something new. At least now you know your best options for your gut healing and your gut health and how to use them and when to use them. So which do you think you'll try? Which of these five, let me go ahead and just recap them. I'll remind you about your five non-dairy bacterial balancing options. So you can pick the one that you think would be best for where you're at right now. First, there was the non-dairy yogurt, great probiotic benefit, good for inflamed, achy, flare up bellies. Then, There's your probiotic supplements, but remember with this go low and slow. Good quality probiotics are important. Dosing for C and Sears can get high and we do not want a die off reaction to set you back. So think about that when you're picking which one you would like to try. Then we also talked about my favorite fermented veggie, sauerkraut, delish and nutritious, especially if a little healing has taken place or your chief complaint is constipation. After that, it was on to homemade kefir or kefir. Choose the coconut water or the plain water variety for a burst of non-dairy gut bacterial benefit. This is another one that's best if it's a little bit further down the line, a bit of healing has taken place already because it does pack a bacterial punch. And then lastly, our most advanced non-dairy bacterial balancing maintenance comes from our lacto-fermented veggies. Cucumbers turning into delicious pickles, fermented carrots and green beans. I, you know what? I don't think there's a veggie out there that you can't ferment. All right, now that's a wrap. That's the recap and that's a wrap. A real quick reminder, if you want to check out my brand spanking new edition from the Desk of Got Love article series, you can go to either karenhaley.com forward slash tomatoes or karenhaley.com forward slash nut butter. Hell, you can... Check them both out and see if it's something valuable for you. Remember, there's recipes in each article, and I will not be offended if you go there just for the recipes, because I'm a sucker for a good recipe as well. It's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y, and then either forward slash tomatoes or nut butter. So you can check those out. There are so many links. Actually, when I think about it, there's so many links that I mentioned today The best place really to catch them all is in the show notes. So go to karenhaley.com forward slash seven nine. Let me say that one more time because I think I slurred that karenhaley.com forward slash seven nine. I hope you got that. (laughs) All of the information, all the links, the non-dairy bacterial balancing information, everything is there. It will set you in the direction that you want to go in. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon.